coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California. I'm Karen. I'm Katie. I'm Anne. And this is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Hello. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. I feel like October is running away from me, but other than that, I'm good. It might as well be December, right? (laughs) (sighs) I'm so glad I did a bunch of Christmas making early on because it is uh, definitely reducing my stress a little bit. Yeah, I wish I I was good this year. My stress level is going really high. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I mean, we love this time of year, but welcome to anxiety time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If it if it were cool and cozy outside, I'd feel better about it. But it's not yet. So yeah, yeah. eighty five in my house, except at night, it does cool down. I was cold nice last cool. night, which was but nice. It was refreshing to be able to have, snuggle under some more layers. I had to get up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. It was like one o'clock, and I got back into bed, and I was like, "Oh, I'm cold." <laughs> <laughs> um, today I was very much like a toddler. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I like to take a nap at my lunch break, if, especially if I need it. And today I needed it. Um, but it, there wasn't a shady spot to park in. So I, I like maneuvered a comfortable temperature, but um, the sun worked its way in. And I kind of, you know, like a hot toddler who wakes up from a nap uh-huh. and just wasn't good enough. You're, <laughs> you're all red <laughs> and sweaty. Yes, I was like a hot, grumpy toddler. <laughs> You have, like, a lollipop stuck to your face. <laughs> it felt like that. It was not... It was nice, but it was not refreshing. <laughs> did you guys... Did I share that... I think I shared with, with both of you that, that... I don't know if... I think someone... It was a TikTok originally, but of the little the little kid. Yeah, was, I've had a bad that day. That was so... I'm yes. t- I'm, I work oh, really yeah. hard, and I'm cranky, and I'm tired. I need to get uncranky or something. <laughs> so you don't want... You want me to mess with you? No, because I'm cranky and I'm tired. Well, yeah. you don't want to wrestle later? Well, maybe. But first, <laughs> I gotta stop being cranky and tired. Yeah, that, that, was, that was me. All week. I like that kiddo. I love that. That disturbed my week so much. So I forget the format because usually I've, well, I love, it's been I a while since I say what we're working on. Yeah, what are we, we working uh, on? <laughs> we're, what are we stitching? What we're get in my hands. So someone while I get in my hands, someone else can look up. You, one's crocheting and one's knitting. I, I'm making a patch, which is a Nora Goen pattern from Knit, Fold, Repeat. And it's a modular square. So I've talked about it on our regular podcast. And it's very good, like, reading knitting. Well, that's cool. If you can balance your book open. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am crocheting a chunky beanie out of some woolies. Uh, thick and quick. A nice color. It's yeah. Like neutral but not boring. Yeah, it's got like some browns and some uh, almost like bluish slate kind of gray to it. It's nice. Karen? I am currently regretting throwing more than one project in my bag. Oops. Oh, days. Always nice. a bad idea. <laughs> Karen is playing Untangle. Okay, okay. Well, I had two projects, but I'm going to take out the one that has Tunisian crochet so we have a little bit of everything represented as far as the yarn stuff goes. Like, I'm just. There's other things like cool embroidery I could be doing, but I am working on a flip Dana. I'm really excited. Well, it's, when you are the um, kind of MC with your book, it's hard to actually work on the thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I know. There's always good intentions to be like, right? oh, I get to knit while we talk, and then it's no, like, oh, I, I gotta. Out yet. I'm in charge here. <laughs> so 
Y'all can't see this picture, but this is really... So I like her. It's like two triangles, but they're sewn along the top edge. And then I like her... She, instead of um, just being like a cowl, she likes the idea of a cat. It's a cowl, so it is sewn together, but it's more in a bandana style because she said that she doesn't like to have so much bulk in the back of her neck. Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, that's actually pretty smart. Mm -hmm. So I like it, but it's like, um, it's really making a really pattern. nice fabric. It's, it's, I'm only, I'm slipping half the stitches. I'm only actually working half the stitches at a time. Nice. I'm switching between two colors, so it almost has this houndstooth plaid looking thing. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And I went neon because I actually was really good and went through my stash. Nice. I have a lot of ample stash, so that was easy. One is a gradient of like minty green into bright lime, kind of these neons into like this orange sherbet color. And it's paired with um, a speckle that has like neon speckles. Nice. Someone else had asked me go. if this was Holy Festival. I said, no, it's not. It's not Madeline Fash. This, these are both from Teal Torch Knits. Thanks. So, yeah. Cool. It right kind now. of has a Holy Festival vibe, but I bet you can trust its color fastness better. Yeah. And <laughs> I only re really remember, what was the single ply that Lois had? Uh, the Tosh Marino Light. Tosh Marino Light, yeah. So, which, this is like a soft yarn weight. Mm -hmm. But this still has a great squish. And um, I just had to go with the neon plus, like, I've had this yarn, and I I start I had to stop myself from buying every time she posts something. I'm like, oh, more, more, no, no, I'll cut myself off <laughs> until I start using some of what I've got. I got, I've got the these neon rainbows in so many forms, but but not bad. I I mean I've got about six inches worth. I just started a few days ago, so it nice. was quick. Yeah, it's pretty. So anyway, so. Now I'll set that aside so I can model it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, I can ask you, you guys questions. Work. Yeah. yeah. I just never find myself being as productive as I thought I might be. No. I sit down. But isn't that the truth of every day? <laughs> <laughs> every night I have best intentions to be like, okay, we're going to eat dinner. I'm going to sit down and then I'm going to work on something and then we'll watch a movie or something. Oh, and then I just, so much just stare off into space for a little while. Yep. 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 Anyway. What do anyway. we what do we read this month, Karen? This month we read a book that was originally written in I think nineteen fifty eight by Shirley Jackson called The Sundial. Now we have read one of her other books. Um, we have always lived in this castle, and um, I actually got connected to this because the foreword was by Victor Laval, or I think that's his, how you pronounce it. I think so too. And I have one of his new books that I that I'd read, and so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get all the books from him. Um, if you're watch a fan of the Changeling, he he wrote, I believe he wrote he is the that's right. author of the Changeling, and um, I'm trying not to read faster than the episodes. <laughs> so they have a, they have episodes on I, Apple. I TV. would never restrain myself that way. <laughs> well, you kind of have to because they only do one a week, so you can't binge. <laughs> No, binge the book. I would binge the book. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I have a lot of it. Tell me the it. ending. <laughs> no. I mean, don't tell me the ending. I hate spoilers. But I want the book to tell me the ending. So I like, I like this was, well, before I tell you what I think, what are your thoughts? Because you might not feel the same. Do you want to do the, like, synopsis? Synopsis? Sure. I always end up telling too much, so hopefully... Um, I mean, you could okay. just do the back of the book thing, there too. There is not too yeah. much to be told. Like, you can't <laughs> tell too much. 
we are guilty of spoilers. Yeah, we talked you about that. And you finished the book, right? Yeah, you know we're gonna spoil it. So okay, so here here's it. Uh, what is this world? In giant quotations, when the Halloran clan gathers at the family home for a funeral, no one is surprised to see peculiar Aunt Fanny wander off into the garden. But she reports she returns reporting an astonishing vision. Her late father has appeared to her and given her the exact day of an imminent apocalypse from which only the Hallorans and their hangers-on will be spared. Soon the family is engulfed in growing madness, fear, and violence, lost in mechanizations and belief in a coming paradise. They prepare for a ter- the terrible storm that they are sure will bring this new world, beautiful, and for them alone. That is a bad synopsis, which is not a judgment on you. It Sarah. really is. I mean, there's just so much more to this that's book. That's not how but... they find the exact date. <laughs> well, he doesn't really give them the exact date. No. He tells them something's going to happen. Gather in the house and you'll all be protected. Yes, I, they I will protect you in this house. The there's a whole lot of problems with, um, with with this future scenario of everything being perfect, but not letting the um, the servants in. So I don't know how these people are going to do Right, they were going to cannibalize themselves for the servant class. <laughs> Can you believe nobody made my bed this morning? I know, I love it. <laughs> oh my god. Where's my oatmeal? They didn't make my oatmeal. Uh, well, you see, that now then you're going to ask us what we thought of the book. Yes. I liked it. I, I thought it was a, surely you did it again. You know? <laughs> then I realized it was published in 1958, so maybe one of her earlier works. Mm. But yes, surely you took us for another crazy ride <laughs> i hated this book <laughs> I know, I it was it, such a struggle for me to finish it i it hated every second audible. of it it was a short audible book. okay but it no, wasn't it was you you hours. you pointed it out that it was going to be short i was thinking like three or four hours yeah. it was like eight you and said, a half and i'm like it's like a short story are we done yes, with this freaking me. book yet oh my god i hated it it's <laughs> granted it's half of a court of thorns and roses but yes but too much okay, i hated people yeah, I didn't like any of the ah, people. No, well, I wanted them all to burn. <laughs> did I like anyone? No. Mm. I'm thinking about it. Uh, keep he, thinking. Here's keep my it. problem. No, yes. I didn't like anyone. The book, I think... Not even the nurse, because she read the book flat. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear what Katie has to say. Uh, I think that some books are, like, plot-driven, and some books are, like, character-driven. There wasn't a whole lot in the way of plot for this book. Mm-mm. Not a whole lot happens, and I hated every single person in the book. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, when will they stop talking? Oh my god, I hated it. I'm sorry. Uh, it was just, uh, I don't. I maybe I'm dumb, but I don't maybe get it. You're dumb. I don't get it. No, there were no, 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 no. questions. There were. Book. There was a lot of things that were not clear. I'm like, like what is happening? Who it, are these it, people? Okay, was there really an apocalypse, or was I it just know. a really bad storm? And they'll never know because they're they've boarded themselves up. No, and no, the rest no, no, of the no. world could go on. We will never know. We will never know. If they it was to go outside in the morning. Yeah. If it was a really bad storm, how did they if then they deduce the exact same the exact day that it would be, right? So it's like, okay, well maybe it is the apocalypse. And if that's the the if that's the case, then they're screwed. So I'm right? to I'm trying to feel okay, so I was I was trying to look up list of characters because there are a lot of people oh my gosh there's so many people in this book and there are too many characters in this book yeah it was confusing (laughs) i we had aunt fanny we had the precocious little girl and her mom who was 
mourning away Fancy and Mary, Mary Jane, Jane and Mary Jane and um it's the young women that started to get a little confusing for me, but yes. I, I eventually was able to keep them straight. Because then there's with, there's the Julia and Arabella, and, and then, then there's Gloria, Gloria is the cousin or whatever. Own. And then uh, there's but the key, key but there's so the book does open up with the idea that um, with the funeral we talked about there's a funeral, there's the matriarch of the family and her sister in law Aunt Fanny, who's not her blood sister but her sister-in-law and um i is it is it the matriarch's husband that's kind of infirmed and yes the, okay kind of firmed and not always not all there she's a little mm. older but there's there's this thing where she the 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 funeral the guy who's died is her lionel. son yeah. lionel who he only shows up because it's his funeral and and yeah. his grieving widow believes that his own mother pushed him down the stairs. I think every that's an, an interesting like symmetry in the book mm-hmm. is I think everyone knows that she pushed him down the stairs. Yeah. Do you think she really did? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Clear. They never really, they, they hint at it and then they move She on. never owns up to it. But she never says, oh my god, I would never push my own son down right, the she stairs. Never she never denies it. it. No, no. Yeah. And people talk about killing each other all the time in this book. Yeah. Like it could have been fancy. She wants to kill her yeah, grandmother. Yeah, I, think evil girl. Did, I think Fancy did. I think killed fancy. her grandma. Yeah, because I was trying to listen to it a second time this morning or like today, um, and I was picking up on a lot of clues that lead us to Fancy. Like, yeah. um, someone stabs a hat pin into Mrs. O'Halloran's um, her portrait. Her portrait, mm-hmm. and then later on the sundial, they find a little doll that is been um, like a little voodoo doll. Yeah, that one of fancies play dolls that has been pushed through with pins um i can trust the, and i mean mrs halloran told fancy that she could have the crown when she was dead yeah she said everything <laughs> was going to be fancies when she was gone i was excited that ha- mrs halloran died because yeah. she was the worst yeah um so i was like okay i like that part of the yeah. book i, I mean, like that I ending she's been in the beginning but it gets worse. She gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, the whole party the, at the end of the world with her crown. <laughs> the only character I kind of liked was Aunt Fanny. Like, I was on her team most of the time. Team Aunt Fanny. Yeah. I like, that. I want to be the eccentric aunt that, like, wanders off in the middle of a party and has a vision, right? Like, that sounds fun. <laughs> but of all of the characters, she was the one that I maybe hated the least. I liked Essex. I stir the pot. It might have been that I was. Did what you exactly listen to it or it? read it? I what exactly it. was his. His role? Um, did he have something going? A little something, something going on with an old grandma. The he narrator for Essex and the voice that she does, she does a great job. Yeah. In this book, but he was so obnoxious. Well, yeah, yes, absolutely. But I, I think like I really liked his shirt stirring at the end when he yes. starts telling I like stories that. about <laughs> Sogolby and about Fanny. Um, the um okay the age of the women mm-hmm. so like you called the old grandma yeah yeah but she I was like i really feel like she's that old she's no grandma, but she's not really she says at some point she's like 48 or something well that's what, what fanny says and fan because when she's knocking on essex door at night she says i'm only 48 yeah <laughs> yeah i was trying to do math and i think in that day you probably started your family's relatively young yeah so i don't think they're more than 50 right Right. Like, Richard could be... No, because Fanny is the older sister, I think. Yeah. 
So Richard can't, but he's like, what he's is, like what decrepit. Is happening <laughs> yeah. to him? That he, did she push him down the stairs and it didn't work out? <gasps> maybe that's what happened. Because yeah, what is, maybe why? he was poisoned. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know why. Like, right near the start, she's like, yeah, I married you for your money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's all about the house. Yeah. Gotta have something. Uh, okay, so I'm trying to I'm trying to go through, like, good old Wikipedia. They have a little bit more information here. Too many of the book clubs just really didn't talk about much of anything unless you did a deep dive, and I just didn't want to do a deep dive. I appreciated, and I, I don't like forwards. I purposefully skipped it because I was going to read this. Normally um, I do, but I think I, I, I didn't this time. You like forwards or you don't? I like forwards sometimes. It depends. I feel like they're I like spoilers. the forwards to be short. But usually they reference something that then I'm waiting for. So um, I, I, I listened to Victor's full forward at the end of the book. And um, I liked how he described, um, like, didn't this book make you laugh sometimes? Oh, yeah. I thought, <laughs> what did we think of Mrs. Willow and her daughters? Her gals. Gals. Her gals. Her gals. <laughs> and I love how they were saying, just say it right. Don't say gals. Well, <laughs> I think that exchange was, like, a very, like. Was she really an old friend or was she being blackmailed? I think, oh, I, I think, think she's an old friend. She's an old is. friend who knows knows Mrs. Halloran's quality. You know, like Fanny doesn't, she doesn't like pussyfoot around that. She's there for more Mrs. Hall- oh, Mrs. Halloran is a lower class person. Mrs. But she's in Mary. Mrs. Halloran? No. Um, yeah. Mrs. Fanny is always telling Oriana yeah. that she is low class. Yes. But Oriana. Oh, completely- fa- sorry. Yes, I was confused. Uh, Oriana completely ignores her. <laughs> like, yes. she never ever responds back to any of that. No. <laughs> she just walks right past it. But Mrs. Willow, I think, is there. I think she is an old friend. I think she knows her history. You know? I feel like but that doesn't mean she, she was someone be... that she knew in college. And for whatever reason, Mrs. Uh, Oriana invites her. But once they're there, she's like, you're going to have to pay me to go away. I don't know. I actually don't know if she was invited. Was she invited? Yeah, Yeah, I think she says, my old friend's coming tomorrow or whatever. It says here, she arrives with her two daughters, Julia and Arabella. All three women seem intent on winning their way into Halloran's money, but become frightened when they hear the coming instruction and refuse to be sent away. Only a few days after, another young woman named Gloria, and I don't really understand the point of why Gloria is there. There's she a lot of characters no- that I don't understand the well, point of them being I think there. Gloria makes her. I, I mean, I don't know that this justifies her presence, but as soon in the scene that Gloria appears in is exactly the time that Mrs. Willow is talking about, like, um, seeing the future and prognosticating. In the oil coated mirror, a part of the game from her adolescent years. Yeah. yeah. So sh- they say a key piece of that is um, oh having a virgin. Yeah. They said, I think nominating someone will just become lowbrow humor here. <laughs> and then Gloria, like, just says, okay, I'll look. I mean, she is only 17, so yeah. yay. But, uh, which Gloria's corruption is an interesting... I think that's an interesting thing because she... she Says she's a virgin without, like, we are told she is a virgin from her successful supposed visions. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then she sees Essex naked 
<laughs> right. When he's hunting in one of the visions. <laughs> and then somewhere in there, she and Essex just become an item, which is ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not quite twice her age, but. But, well, but she's 17. Eight. And then, they, then, and then the random stranger from the village. 18. Sure. Because several months go by. <laughs> but then the last visitor is just some rando from the village. The captain. The cap- captain. You know, Scarabombardon. Yeah. It's not. It's a hundred percent percent insinuated that he is very handsome. He is a handsome man. Yeah, and they scooped him up because he is a handsome man for breeding stock. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Because you know, if you're going to be forever, and these are your choices, you might want to inc- include one or two yeah. better looking guys. I I think that it is gently put to to answer your question that Essex is um, Oriana's side piece. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, he was the librarian or something. Yeah. In air quotes. Right. <laughs> and then they burn his library. Yeah. And then he has no reason to be there except, you know, uh breeding stock. Uh, yeah. yeah, breeding stock. Basically. Of a sort. Um, okay, we talked about the different there's a whole lot so so many characters it is difficult to keep track of where you're right, there's no real plot other than it's world's gonna come to an end, sort of. Maybe. And, um, but I don't know. I thought the characters just got, I got more and more disgusted with them and their selfishness and their, I mean, they have, I kept asking myself, now these people are not used to doing things for themselves and they're going to have this great big party and, and Oriana's going to look like a hero, giving them a holiday to go home and be with their families where she thinks they're going to die. But she doesn't tell them that. And she has this great big party, so no one, so everyone will say how wonderful she is before they go home and die. <laughs> and uh, I still don't quite get the how, since I'm not one who necessarily believes in looking in mirrors and getting visions, and I, I'm like, how do we know that was really real? You, you don't. I think that's the point. Yeah. yeah. Except it does fulfill itself. Right on August thirtieth. But how do we know that that's insane. not the stormy season? But okay, so that would but mean it was on the day she said that yeah, would mean that that, that Gloria is the one that looked in the mirror, right? Yeah, she says to everybody, either she knows that uh, Oriana is going to die or she's going to kill her because she says, "I never saw her." in the future like she wasn't there so either she did see in the mirror and knew it was going to happen or she was insinuating like i think somebody should kill this bitch yeah right (laughs) but you don't know right and she somehow her father is connected to oriana because she didn't go there on her of her own goodwill it was like a family friend or cousin or something Yeah. yeah So and she's is, like, oh, oops, forgot to tell my dad. Bye. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we talked about the, uh, so there was, they, they had a couple of dissenters in the group. There was Julia, who didn't want to, who decides, yeah, I'm going to take my chances out there. I don't want to be stuck for eternity with these crazy people. Um, and Poor girl didn't make it very far. It says a less obvious dissenter is, well, because she. I'm going to get you with the dirtiest rapist in town. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hire the creepiest guy. Then there's Fancy. Fancy, a spoiled and frightening child. Fancy represents the idea that the world will be destroyed before she has a chance to live in it. It's just actually really sad. And plays obsessively with her dollhouse. 
taking as much delight in ordering her dolls about as Oriana, Oriana takes in lording over the residents. So she's taken her grandmother's promises um, of inheritance to heart and claims that she'll smash the dollhouse if it just has to place. Um, when her grandmother dies, because she won't need it anymore, because she'll own the whole house. It'll be like a giant. Um, so what do you guys think about, about, do, do you think this was, that there was some deeper meaning in this book that was maybe just lost in over my head? I mean, it might deeper meaning. I think it could be read several ways. Yeah, like I think it is very allegorical, um, mm -hmm. but it's also like the story of this insane small town family Im imploding on itself. Right. Absolutely. Um, I was trying to understand. I guess they all live in their own delusions, right? Because mm -hmm. I was trying to understand. Halloran's buy-in to Fanny's story. Uh-huh. Like, I, yeah. She's all about control and authority. Mm-hmm. And so it's, is it because it's so attractive to her that she will be, these will be her subjects, you know, that she thinks she can maintain control and authority on the other side? Yeah, I don't understand why everybody believes Fanny so quickly and without any sort of doubt. I mean, yeah. some people do have doubts, but Oriana's like, okay, cool. Well, that must be happening. Let me give away all my money. Let me burn a bunch of books. Let me, you know, do all of these really extremely detrimental things that would be horrible if this doesn't happen, mm -hmm. right? Like, set yourself up as, like, the queen in front of all of your friends and family and neighbors and everything. And then what do you do the next day when the apocalypse doesn't happen, right? So sh she obviously believes it's going to happen. Yeah. And I don't get why. And I kind of feel like she gave, she gave Aunt Fanny free reign over the Amazon account. Yeah. I, yeah. I see trucks and trucks of Amazon trucks coming to their house every day, bringing yeah. in so many boxes. Because yeah. she's, Fanny's thinking ahead. I mean, she's the only one really planning on like, okay, we're going to need food. Everyone, she thinks about all these conveniences they're going to need, mm -hmm. except for people. And that's, to me, it's like, you, you're going to look at this world that you, I'm like, if the apocalypse really happens, it's not like over in a day, you're going to live for years in a lot of ugliness. The world's not going to be like this beautiful garden. Like you think, I mean, it's not like this is magical dome over their, over their property or from the wall to wall. Right. Over, over their house? Well, I think that the... Like, no one knows what the method of destruction will be, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that this is also another symbol for, like, the fear of nuclear war. Because she... When she and Fanny are talking about, like, I hope it's over quickly for them. I hope it's over... Like, I don't yeah, think, I don't think they'll be in pain. In a flash, but it, like... Mm -hmm. To me, yeah. it felt like they were saying yeah. something along those lines. And so, like, 1958 is the heart of, mm -hmm. of that. that yeah, was, I was, do. When was the Cuban Missile Crisis? That's a good question. Because I'm wondering 60-something? Oh, so this, is, this predates that. Okay. I think. Yeah, 1962. I was going to say 62. I should have ah, said it. I do think that this book is, in, in its most basic form, is, like, it's an allegory commentary on like rich people in their delusions. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if you have money, if you have 
um, inherited wealth. If you have generational wealth, like you don't have to be too focused on like real life situations. And these people get so carried away with their delusions so quickly that it's like that money, you could be convinced of a lot of things if there's money involved. So it's like Essex is a hanger on to this family. He, he knows that these people are going to provide for him. So even if the apocalypse does or doesn't happen, like it's probably not a bad idea. Prime scene no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think you could take it to you, to, to everybody's house though. Like sure. Where we all kind of, you know, create our own little cocoon Uh against what is happening in the world. Like it's so easy to protect yourself from the wind blowing outside. Mm -hmm. Like, Especially in the last few years. And it's like right now, you know, atrocities happening in Israel and Gaza. Like, well, that's, I don't need, like, yeah. I can just shut yeah. myself I don't up want to think about world. that right now. I'm going to watch a funny movie instead. Yeah. yeah. So there's an interesting. I can nail blankets over my windows mm-hmm. too. There's an interesting thing about Shirley Jackson, the author. So she wrote this in 58 mm-hmm. and she wrote, we have always lived in the castle in 62. And both books have this theme of people being stuck up in their house. Yep. She she suffered from agoraphobia. Yeah. Um, lot, lot, right after the the publishing of We Have Always Lived in the Castle, she suffered a nervous breakdown and a prolonged bout of acute agoraphobia, keeping her from even going outside for half a year. So I almost wonder if this kind of fear and sensitivity was already a part of her subconscious. Probably. In its way, and it's, you know, this was... Right, she because she kind of wrote that theme into both of these books. Yeah, I mean, you write about what you know. It, this, uh, the the delusions of the of the people living in the big house, right? Like it, it reminds me of like of like Grey Gardens. Yeah, you know where you can get taken away by your fantasies to be like, well, someday I'll leave this place and you know I'll be a famous dancer on Broadway, or you know the world's gonna end, but we're all gonna be in charge and I'm gonna be the queen, or. I'm going to push my ground down the stairs and then I'm going to inherit this whole house, which is the most realistic of yeah. all of the uh, <laughs> that really of the delusions that, you, that can happen. We know that one happened. And and we haven't really even touched on the fact that Oriana pushed her own son down the stairs. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Like, that's well, the way the book opens. And yeah. She, but like, and there's the, the symmetry is that these people don't care. No, no one, nobody's offended by it. No, they lightly like, huh, I wonder who did it. Mary Jane's like, Oh, she must have pushed my husband down the stairs. Yeah. Well, now I have asthma. It's like, that's all. That's it. Okay. So it's the, someone wrote in an article that Shirley Jackson's, uh, that this book points to several instances of confining narcissism on the part Ooh. of the novel's primary characters. Um, there's a quote that Stephen King in one of his books summarizes this concept as a growing obsession with one's own problems a turning inward instead of growing outward. And throughout the novel, most of the characters' conversations really are competing monologues with no one listening. Yeah, <laughs> there's a that's more... so true. <laughs> yeah. Moreover, both Oriana and Aunt Fanny attempt to manipulate the other adults in the same way that Fancy controls her, controls her dolls. So she's like, Fancy's really a product of her family. I mean, it's oh, there's yeah. a genetic or a... Nurture, nurture versus nature, nature I, they're both she's play. getting it from both yeah. ends yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's one particular scene i can think of that was particularly annoying 
of everybody talking all at once about five different conversations yeah. and nobody's right. listening to each other. Yep. Yeah. There's a bridge game going with five different conversations. There's and then one of the girls is talking about a movie plot. To yeah. Who's not really listening. Yep. <laughs> I could see I feel like while I while I enjoyed parts of the book and other parts just I'm like because these characters are horrible and I don't care if they all die. I kind of wish the house wouldn't seal up and they would all be subject to the whatever's going to happen. But I wish I could see this like in a very short film. Right. I, <laughs> I, visual, think, I think this would be more funny visually. I mean, there were I think fun, it could feel like a fever game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the problems that I had with this book is I really wanted to see these people get their come up, like their comeuppance, right? And we don't know what happens the next day. Like, I want them to open the door and everything to be fine and be like, well, shit, we really screw the pooch on this one, right? Yeah. Or vice versa. They open the door and it actually did happen. And now they're going to be stuck with each other other forever. And they're already on each other's nerves. That's what I'm like. I just wanted. I just wanted to shake them and go. And I wanted to be at the house and go. Do you not hear yourselves? Let's just examine the scenario where you are all stuck with each other for eternity. Yeah. Is this really? I would rather. I'm like Gloria. I'm. Gonna, I want to take my chances out there. Except, I would have kept walking. <laughs> I know. But at seventeen, you know, or oh, eighteen, no. oh, or no. maybe Julia. Uh, Julia. Oh, Julia. Oh, yeah. And Julia is not old, is not old either, but she's no, in her twenties. That's right. She's too old to learn any new dances. I know. <laughs> oh. oh gosh! <laughs> like, what's that? What does that mean? <laughs> I think the dialogue in this is pretty snappy. <laughs> I want to read this. Okay, so Terry Hatcher is Mrs. Halloran. Terry Hatcher. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or totally or Michelle Pfeiffer, but I think mm. Michelle's maybe a little too old. Terry yeah. Hatcher's got that like little bit of edge yes. where she could be scary if she wanted yeah. to. She could be scary or funny. Mm-hmm. I don't see Michelle Pfeiffer as being particularly funny. Oh, oh I do. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. But it's not how she's usually cast, which is fair. Yeah, but she could be. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of other casts. <laughs> <No>, I, <laughs> I didn't think I, about this. But I kept picturing Terry Hatcher as okay. Mrs. Halloran. I like this quote. So they start toward the end. Of, oh, it would be so funny. It could be, except he's way too healthy. It could be, um, I hope you can do with me. Okay. okay. <laughs> From Lewis and Clark. Um, oh. Um, yeah. Let me Google it. Dean Kane. There okay. you go. Dean Kane is Richard Collins. Oh, Collins. okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> and Terry Hatcher is, this is insane. <laughs> so it seems appropriate. Dean Kane. Uh, I always think about that quote that was that was nailed up there. When shall we live if not now? There were a lot of quotes in this book, weren't there? I didn't. I mean, I. But I mean, that was a saying that they actually had up in the house. It was a little startling at first because they they bring it up right away the first time you enter the Uh the way. Um. So I was like, "What? Who has that?" Yeah. But then by the end of the book, it's like, well, yeah. He had like live, laugh, love posters yes. all over his house. Well, yeah. That's, like, I think this house is probably like not. It's so much that it's not pretty. No, it's no. not. It's, it's like, not nice. Too much. Yes. It's like when people get too much money and they can do what, you know. This yeah. is like a dark comedy. Like, yeah. it just, yeah, these people. Can I ask what, what, why is it called the sundial? What is the sundial? I, What's I the point of the sundial? Totally I totally yeah. get it. 
so like I've been trying to gather those things in the second lesson. So uh, the sundial, she sees it in the oil mirror. Uh huh. But then she says, no, it's not the sundial. It's just white rock. And then Mrs. Willow is like, oh, a, a tryst place. Mm-hmm. So does it mean something about connecting to the bigger worlds? There is. And the a remaking of worlds? It had something to do with. It was out in the garden. And it had something to do with their the family somehow. I'm, I'm looking it up. Was pointed. Well, he just wanted a sundial. Yeah, and what's so. it say? What is this world? What is this world? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. And sundial. I can't that. answer that question. Well, he didn't pick that. That's he, true. It just came back from. Left it to the better thinkers and wherever it was made. Yeah, I um, I, I couldn't I couldn't parse that out for myself. I thought it was going to play a more major role than just like a set piece. But I don't know. What if I, I don't just, understand. What if I just ask Google? I yeah, did, I, and it and nothing came up. <laughs> no, I'm gonna actually literally talk to Google. And... Okay. Okay. My my type of Google did not. Okay. Google Hold food for. It's gonna tell you why they why it's called a sundial, not about the book, but the thing. Okay, Google. What is the point of the sundial in the book, The Sundial? Oh. No. No. <laughs> Google, Google stop. Google didn't know. <laughs> I promise we've got Google on our phone and on. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't understand. This is where I'm like, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I, I maybe I'm not supposed to get it. Maybe I just also, what missed if it's it. Super of its time. Maybe. That's you know? that's true. Sundials were okay. When I was were a little, little, little kid. Yeah. Everyone was like, What's the purpose of the sundial? What's the point of the sundial? Should you tell time by the, the sun. Yeah, I don't get... I think it was just meant to be, like, to portray, like, the passage of time, you know? Like, it was... Uh, I I can't put it into words. It's like, he wanted the sundial, his life passed on, now his children have grown up, they're, they're getting old, they're passing on, the next generation's coming up, and maybe it's just to be, like, you kind of pass on these things oh, throughout the generations oh, oh, or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, must have missed this. I googled what. How does the sundial end? <laughs> the two men brave the storm to carry Oriana's body to the sundial, yeah, where it is up. implied she will be swept away in the destruction. Yeah. And then all the players gather together to wait for the coming morning, and the novel ends. So, so maybe she did get her comeuppance by. I mean, she died, and then she was just carried away. But what does that have to do with the sundial? That's just where she was laid to rest. Yes, but in a gold dress, so it's like she is the sun in the center of the universe. Oh, maybe. Oh, the, she, okay. her gold dress is the sun, yeah, on the sundial. Okay. But I she was know. next to the sundial. Yeah. That's as far as they could carry her. <laughs> How about this? They... Shirley Jackson, the sundial. Reoccurring bafflement. Baffle- reoccurring bafflement. There was a lot of bafflement in this book. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say about the book, but it was frustrating that... I either didn't understand or wasn't meant to understand, and I don't like that. <laughs> well, that's what I want. I, like I was wondering if I was going to come to this uh-huh. table and we were going to have like when you sit down in your English class and they're like, and the sundial was yeah. I don't. I don't know. Get it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you would tell me. <clears throat> I mean, I don't mind the ending because it's very much 
on brand for her. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I added this to my audible library after we um, read her last book. Um, mm-hmm. It's a collection of short stories with the lottery in it. Right. And it opens with the lottery. But the pacing, it was a free audio. Oh, <laughs> the pacing oh, okay, okay. was like, they, as soon as they're done stoning the woman to death, the next story immediately started. Oh, it wasn't that's like, very jarring. Like a breath. <laughs> and then it was like, and then the townspeople were building a river. Or, you know, like, yeah. it, you know, the it next just started. Story started. Up. So like, not even just like a second. <laughs> Many of the reviews I saw this calls this a true American gothic novel. And hmm. I like this. It says, if the story appears unbelievable or too confusing, which is yes. He says, in Miss Jackson's telling, this is never an issue. Really? I kind of think it was. She achieves Coleridge's willing suspension of belief, disbelief for the most grotesque, the most macabre elements. While you read, you believe. Maybe. I didn't. There's because nothing that... Of... I guess you just sort of accept that this is a horrible thing and this is just part of the story. Well, I think it's definitely commentary. Like, it's... it's Because I think this book is very funny. <laughs> It is, it is because it's a commentary on belief, uh huh, and choosing to what we choose to believe and what we don't choose to believe, uh huh. And people are choosing their point of view more often than not, but then they ridicule the other side. So like the true believers come in and they're like, "We know when it's happening. Oh, yeah, God, oh, Maybe they them. can <laughs> use your law." Yeah, <laughs> I mean. The side stories this in this are so much more fun than anything. In a movie because I think it would be so entertaining to watch. See, I only got about halfway back through the book today. Um, and when I was driving I forgot up, about the true believers. It but was, they already knew this was happening. The story of the woman who, who may or may not have killed her family with the hammer. And so, like, it's just another form Oh, yeah, of, I forgot about that. Like, this book is about family annihilation. Yeah. Too, like... Mm-hmm. Like what we just what we destroying what we make or being honest about what we destroy because mm. like I guess she killed her son yeah because she never denies it and then I guess the next generation kills killed her, her. Mm-hmm. yeah I kind of want to I would rather have read the story about what's her name and who murdered her family with a hammer. hammer yeah <laughs> like that sounded interesting yeah and the way that like. Yeah. So, after the in- entertainment, you may try to puzzle out the meaning. <laughs> <laughs> is it a political fable on internationalism versus isolationism? Yeah. Is okay. it a parable of the decay of the aristocracy? Sure. The answer <laughs> yeah. is bound to vary. A novel such as this is kind of a literary Rorschach test. Basically, you see the answer you want to see. I hate that. I hate that. I <laughs> this was, I will say, it. it I mean, that's very her, though. Yeah. But that's so her. Yeah. So, to contrast the two novels that we've read, Mm -hmm. I never felt like I had a good, even though it's about a place, I never felt like I had a good rooting in the setting of We've Always Lived in the Castle. Okay. That felt, like, very cloudy to me. Okay. Like, where is this place? Yeah. Like, where are you? Why are you? Kind of mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. on a second take on it, I yeah. would get a better hold on it, which I'm getting from a second take on this. But I can't answer why the sundial is. I don't know <laughs> why is it called that. <laughs> Calling this book a Rorschach is really good, but I think she did a better job of setting. Yes, 
Yeah. It was easy to imagine this book. So maybe better character development in her growth as a writer from 1958 to 1962, because the characters are very compelling Mm -hmm. in We've Always Lived in the Mm -hmm. Castle. Yeah. That those I cared about what was happening to them, even if they made me uneasy. Yeah. Um, These characters were awful. (laughs) Yep. Hated them all. (laughs) But I think it's. It's ridiculously funny. You're supposed to. I get it. In a way. We should should be worried when we meet the person who's like, oh, well, I love Mrs. Halloran. I think she was a good example of leadership. (laughs) My my enjoyment of reading this book was in the same same genre of why I read the Reddit comments. Because of, of the bad behavior of people. Yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah, well, so it takes you outside of your point of view. That's interesting. But it's not... But it's not really in a fun way because it's <laughs> like I did not have no, fun. No, I because it is fun to read about like terrible people doing terrible things, right? <laughs> but these people that, are dumb. Kevin they are. Well, that's what's so terrifying is there's a lot of these people and they yeah, have money and authority true. and control. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I want to say it's which is maybe, maybe another one of her points. Sure. You know? I want to say, well, it was it was nineteen fifty eight. Maybe it was just those people, but I'm really afraid that it's still no. relevant to people today. Yeah, no, I'm sure I, I it think is. People exist out here today. But this book is just short of seventy years old. It's sixty five years old. I think you could set this book now, yeah, and probably not even have to change the dialogue very much. Funny, you that should, would be interesting. Funny, you should say that <laughs> because they. This book was reissued. It was out of print for a while. Mm-hmm. It was reissued in 2014. So clearly they knew, and I, maybe that was because they knew this this Haunting of Hill House was going to be in production yeah. or something like that. A renewed but, interest. A renewed her. interest. But, um, when did her, her movie yeah. come out? So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's... Um, Interesting. There's a she's such a. Yeah, I liked how like she I still her admire her as a writer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I I don't think she did a bad job. No, you I just, just didn't enjoy it. I but, just didn't enjoy it. But I well, think that's we like me and that other book that we were talking about before, Lessons in Chemistry. Mm-hmm. Of like, it's a great book. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> but think so that was in, in four years she grew. Oh yeah, from this book to the next book. So, um, yeah, and she is. I guess she was prolific. I don't. She oh, interesting. She died in nineteen sixty five. Yeah, she not long after. Not long after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other ones. One of the. I think on my own, I'd like to read the lottery. That's there's there's her, a free audio book. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll go to the library. It's that. that's it like the classic. Me. It's it was her breakthrough story. Mm-hmm. It entertains me and is interesting every time I'm exposed. It's to been. It. A, I I've read it, but it was a long time ago, so I should go back. It, it's entertaining every time. I need mm-hmm. a palate cleanser after it's this. It's upsetting. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if you can cleanse your palate with sugar. No. No, not really. Because <laughs> okay. I'm reminded. So, like, you know, when we read the last book with her, I was like gung ho. I watched the movie. Yeah. Um, of the mo- of the book, I watched the movie, which was very well done. Mm-hmm. I watched the her um, biographical movie. And then there's a the book she was writing during that biographical movie, and I keep it, it. It comes up in my reading list, but I just like the emotional energy to read her again. Yeah. So here's here's the weird thing: she died at the same age that Aunt Fanny was. Oh, spooky! <laughs> uh, supposedly that Aunt Fanny was. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> 
Maybe if any was I'm old, only maybe 48. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that old. Well, I don't have that to bear children. Maybe. Just, maybe. Yeah. A, 40, a 48-year-old in 1958 was living a little different life than a 48-year-old now. That's true. Uh, but she wasn't the the uh, drinker that most of the rest of the family was, it seemed. Yeah, that's an... Oh, an, my gosh, The use yeah. of alcohol, actually, I think, is mm. an interesting thread, which is, I think, what killed Julie Jackson, is her battle oh. with alcohol. Um. She was definitely not a teacher, by the way. No, it said she was a victim of poor health and habits. Mm, so that's, nice way to that's a nice way to say that. A victim of habits. I'm not allowed to put that on death certificate. Rabbi Shar would be very mad at me. Yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> like, "You gotta tell me." You need to be specific. Yeah, he'd be like, "This, this, no, it's, this is this is not death by nail biting." You know, it's like. <laughs> 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 it could happen. That's terrifying. Oh, know. come on. It's spooky season, I guess we can talk about it. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, this was an interesting pick. I'm glad it wasn't any longer. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take me that long to listen to, but you know, it was it wasn't my favorite thing. I was very excited when I was done. 1.5 speed for life. <laughs> yes. I started at 1.25 because at the beginning I was confused because it's yeah. all of a sudden like, here's a bunch of people. And I was like, huh? And I had to go back and start it over. And then eventually I bumped it up it's to one and a half. Times, okay. Because <laughs> you realize the confusion doesn't really clear up that much. So well, I wanted to get an idea of like the family structure before yeah. I got into it. Yeah. Which was confusing me. But the thing I was most interested in coming back to the written book was... Is how did she write? Well, because you know, on the re-listening, I could be like, oh, okay, well, that is, you know, was it maybe Mary Jane? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, gels, gels, G E L S, yes, yeah, gels. gels. But if I were reading that, I would have been like, my gels, my gels, my me gels. and my gels, the gels. <laughs> the gels. Oh the God, gels. I hate her. <laughs> I just pictured her as a very loud, obnoxious. Women. I I picture her as like the unsinkable Molly Brown, but not but the like obnoxious version of right. <laughs> yes, exactly. but like that exactly. sort of bubbly energy. Yeah, but only the annoying things. Well, listening like her name when she, when I came across her the second time, Mrs. Willow, she just blows in the wind. Like oh. she goes with the flow. Yeah, of what, that's what I took from nice. Well, I'll say. Oh my God, now that I hear it, it's not even, it's Augusta Willow. Augusta <laughs> it's not even Willow. So. That's great. Oh, like a gust of wind. Yeah. Gust of wind. That's like, hilarious. I, I have a friend named Augusta, but like, um, you know, this Augusta is Willow knows. So Surely. Is, this book was very engaging in, in the way it made you really hate the characters and want to keep... <laughs> It kept you engaged enough to say, is something going to happen to these people? Because they are just the worst. No, nothing happened to them. Except one of them. One. Yeah, except one. Well, well and fan- Fancy got a crown. Good for Fancy. And that song from Reba McIntyre kept ringing in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> this is your one chance. Uh. So, hey, what are we reading next? Well, do you want to say what we what else we read this month? Yes, yes, yes. I, um... We talked last month about wanting to read Rebecca again, which I did. Nice. Um, and then I was on a Daphne du Maurier kick because I read The Birds. Um, and then I read Rebecca. And then I read Jamaica Inn. Ooh, how and was then, that? Because I really only read Rebecca. And now I've, I've also read The Birds. Did you listen to The Birds? 
Yes. Wasn't it? it, it was did you have the Peter Capaldi yeah. version? It was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, James and I are going on a road trip and we have like a couple hours in the car and I was like, wait, I'm making you listen to it. It was That's, so good. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Jamaica Inn was not my favorite. It was fine. Yeah. Um, it's not as good as um, her others. And I have... I started, what is it? My cousin Rachel, but I haven't gotten very far into it yet. But I'm on a Daphne du Maurier kick right now. Nice. Um, Jamaican was fine. Okay. I'm not going to waste your time. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, Anybody else? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you I read? Another banner month. Nice. And I have a feeling next month is going to be like, yeah. really annoying. Maybe I should only give my highlights because <laughs> there's so many late nights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So I talked about the library app gives you a skip the line option, but mm. you only get seven days to finish whatever you oh, borrowed. Oh, put the pressure on. Yeah. So The Fraud by Zadie Smith. It is um, her sixth novel and the first one I have read. Mm-hmm. Have you guys read anything of hers? Like, I've seen her name a, a lot, and it's very popular, Zadie Smith. Um, so this is like a... Like, it's her take on a Dickensian-style telling, mm. and it's focused on this one author, I think his name was William Harris, who is a contemporary of Dickens, and was actually, like, a more well-selling author than Dickens, and it comes in and out of his life from his youth to his um, older, you know, his elder years, but more told from the point of view of... Um, his cousin's widow and it's really well done so zadie smith writes a lot about um about race and history and it's just really really well done there's so much in it it's a i think it's a 12 hour book audiobook mm. and i had to listen to it at 1.5 speed and it's <laughs> new enough Five? that one, 1.5. Oh, 1.5. Like, five. Five. No. You can't even understand words. Well, so scene. there's so much happening at the beginning with, like, the in this where you meet so many people. Mm-hmm. And this book is too new. So when I Googled character lists, there was nothing. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> so I had to slow it down. And every time there was a new character, I had to make a list for myself and write down the I almost did that with this book to, like, sort out who was who. Right. One more character and I probably would have needed that. For that <laughs> book. Uh, but I, I, I'm interested in reading more of her books. Um, the God of Good Looks by Brianne McIver, which I can't remember who recommended this, but it was like in another author's um, interview. She's like, this mm. is the last good book I, I read. And I walked into it at the library. I'm like, oh, well, I will try that. Um, interesting story about a about Trinidad and Tobago and a fashion magazine and its publication and the people who are behind it. And it's kind of like based in the frivolity of fashion and makeup. And yet it's a really deep story and a really interesting look into that place, which I don't know very much about. Sounds interesting. Um, Idoru by William Gibson. I don't have much to say about this. Have you guys read William nope. Gibson? Like renowned science fiction writer. Myth. Hmm. Um, the birds. The birds. Yep. I did not know it was the birds. The birds. <laughs> oh, ducks. The birds. The, I mean, it's a completely different story than the movie. Yeah. But yeah. Because I, I was trying to find that on Hoopla. So it's a short story collection with another book that I can't remember the name of oh, okay. off the top of my head. Um, okay, but I it was on. The, I did listen to the dramatization of it. Yeah. So good. Um, the So I went like, you, you're on a 
Daphne du Maurier kick. Mm-hmm. I went on a Lucy Foley kick. Okay. <laughs> so she's behind The Hunting Party, The Guest List, and The Paris Apartment are her more recent novels. Oh, okay. They're all very popular. She is a British thriller writer. Hmm. And I think I enjoyed all of them. She does a great job of developing a pretty big cast of characters and developing them all with depth. Oh, good. So you're kind of, whether or not you like them, (laughs) you are invested in all of their outcomes. And her most recent book, The Paris Apartment, like the first two books are very similar in like, you have this, this clean cut person who is like, I'm so great. And they're not really that great. And then something bad happens to them. Right. And they're sort of getting their just desserts. Oh, I like that. And so the payoff is really good. But in the third book, she puts on her head the mis- puts on her head the missing girl story, and she puts a, a man missing, and his sister has to find him. Mm. And well, that's a nice really take. I've heard a lot of people really nice recommend that book. Yeah. So, and now now I'm going back in history, and I'm reading one of her earlier novels, um, the Book of Lost and Found, which is doesn't seem to be a thriller, more of a mystery, maybe. Mm. Um, but all the characters again are very dynamic, and I'm interested in what's going to happen to them next. Then not all of her characters are likable. Most of them are not, but I'm interested in what happens to them. Uh, I read a really cute graphic novel called Book Love, and Ooh. it's by Debbie Tung. And it had things like, like, how do you get all your reading time in? And it sort of was like the advice we give to new knitters of, like, carry a book with you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Carve out time. Make sure you have something Make it a priority. Yeah. And it had, like, a ton of, like, really cute things. Like, things that book book lovers worry about, you know, rainstorms, uh, not having a book with them. <laughs> um, it is just like knitting. Uh, yeah. She Who Became the Sun. I think you would really like this, Karen. It, I heard... She, did, did you Shelley recommend Parker that to Chan. me before? No, I just stumbled on it. And I was wondering if you hadn't read it already. <laughs> it was billed as... but I don't think I did. It was billed as um, Mulan meets the son of... Meets, um, is it the son of... No, what is that called? Achilles. The Song of Achilles? The Song of Achilles. I wanted to say son. I'm like, that is not that... So it was billed in the description as Mulan meets the Song of Achilles. Mm, so it's like that sounds a really deeply cool. detailed historical telling of a girl who lives as a monk in the 13th century. Oh, oh that is totally my, my form. I'm, I'm, in the I'm 14th century, the 1300s, China. That sounds so it good. It was great. And then this next book is, is, like there's another book. I forget what it's called. It's like He Who Burned the World or something like that. Um, she who mm. became the sun. Yeah, that sounds cool. Really, really good. I think everybody would like that. Um, and my absolute favorite book that I read this month, I had actually this is my second go at it because I borrowed it from the physically from the library and couldn't finish it. Inciting Joy by Ross Gay. Hmm. This book is the most beautiful thing I have nonfiction book I have ever read, mm. and it's about like walking through life with joy and finding joy. And the first essay is someone asks him like, how can you write about joy with all this going on? And the person gestures with their arms wide and Uh indicate the whole wide world. And um, he's a black man. So a lot of times people ask him the same thing. Like how can a black man write about joy? Right. Exactly. And so he writes this beautiful essay about having a party where you invite your sorrow with you. And you and your sorrow build the guest list. And you're like, of course I'll invite my family and friends. And then you start thinking about 
well, what about the mailman and the clerk at the grocery store? And they all bring the potluck and their sorrow. And by the end, everybody's having this beautiful party with mm. their sorrow and being able to find joy yeah. with that their sorrow. Cool. And every every bit of the book is so beautifully told like that. But the opening essay is so fantastic. I laughed. I cried. Nice. I would read it again. And being inflicting it on my husband. Inciting. Inciting. I thought there was an E-N word. I have to read all of his books. He has the Book of Delights and the Book of More Delights. Mm. So he's an essayist, a poet, writer. Nice. Professor. How how do you spell inciting? Because clearly I'm not spelling it I-N-C-I-T-I-N-G. That would be why. It's an I-N word. He has like short, sweet, rhythmic name I remember. Nice. <laughs> and I my like son has my son was like very annoyed with me while I had this on driving him to school and he's like, ah, ah, you and your liberal ah, warm fuzzies. And I'm like, this guy is a former football player. I think he mentioned somewhere in there that he was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> uh, he's a former skater boy. Like, this is actually not someone who I probably would have ever hung out with. Yeah. So I'm excited to find that we have common ground in the way we he think about the He has got a lot of other books that look really good. Yeah. I think I will just follow him. Yeah. <laughs> Which led me to a book I think you're reading, but I'm only halfway through, or that you have read in the past, Braiding Sweetgrass. Have you guys read that? Not me. No? Sounds no, but I know of it because it sounds right. familiar. It's around. So yeah. So I will talk about that when I finish it. Okay. That book's making me cry a lot. Oh. <laughs> but it's good. It's good, guys. What'd you read, Karen? Okay, so I've got my, my little app out to remind me, because went on Hoopla, um, continued in our court series, <laughs> which we'll talk about later. I think I'm up on, I'm, uh, I'm still on book three, because I paused for a bit. Um, book three can be a bit of, bit of a slog. Frost mm-hmm. and Starlight. I just wasn't in the mindset. That's 3.5. You're, you're right at the right time of the year almost to enjoy yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I started a series that I that I'd wanted to start called Binti by Nidhi Okafor. Uh, and there's been, it's a trilogy, Binti and Binti Home and Binti the Night Masquerade. B-I-N-T-I? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was really good. Um, she's from this, this uh, small village in, in Africa and um, in the land of Kush and most of the Kush people are are very um, progress. They're very into technology. They're you know they're they're the the the, the well known the educated people. And her family, her village, um, they they keep to themselves. No one ever ever leaves. But they have. She has a skill for for making for balancing harmony, um, usually with technology. And they, she ha- they have technology. They just don't ever go anywhere with it, and they don't connect with the outside Ooh, world. It's like Black Panther. And she, but she wants to do something with her life. She wants to learn and do more. She wants to leave because she's meant. She wants to go to the stars, and then on a neighboring planet, there is a university where she gets to go to university. Oh, so this is not on Earth. The Star Wars. <laughs> it starts with Earth, and it comes okay. back to Earth. Okay. But a lot. But on the way, she is everyone in her in her um, class are killed by aliens except for her. Yeah. And and it's because in her village you never go out without this clay on your skin and your hair. It's what covers you and keeps you. You have clothing also, but you just are naked without it. 
and it has a different quality, different smell. And and anyway, there's a there's a whole lot more to the story, how she comes back, and but it's uh, the Binti trilogy is really really good. That's my I went through that and um, the loving Hoopla. And the library app's so exciting, guys. <laughs> it really, is. They're really feeding my uh, manic tendency. <laughs> but so, like in a good way. So I started a series by L.L. McKinney, um, A Blade So Black. I forget what book two was, but book three came out, I guess, um, end of last month. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's finally here. And so it's the third of the trilogy called A Crown So Cursed. And it's a very mm-hmm. modern telling of a modern version of Alice in Wonderland being extra dimensional within our, within our existence. And very, uh, and of course the knight always having to, in this case, Alice knows how to wield a figment blade and swords and she's kind of a badass. And, um, so the book in the third book, there's a a heritage that she did not know about. Oh, that, that the grandma was some, who would say all these weird, funny things? There's a reason. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> kind of like Moana. Yeah. Anywho, so that that, that one that sounds that was three, series. four, four books nice. plus this one. Oh, and I started um, just this week. I started out there screaming. I've got the "It's So Good" by it's it's a compilation of short stories from some of my favorite authors, um, and it's. Edited and put together by Jordan Peele. Oh, nice. yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. Like, oh, Jordan Peele, you're scary. <laughs> but not all the stories are, they're not all gruesome. I mean, there is the one about the the ex-girlfriend who is getting teased by the new girlfriend who's like, come over and bring some money. And um, I've got your boyfriend's heart. No, quite literally, it's on the table. Oh. But it's still beating. You know, it's still working. He's 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 doing okay. <laughs> you know. Oh, this and she has an opportunity to take out the old girlfriend, the new girlfriend, and and she could do the right thing and put the heart back, but she goes, "Why?" Well, but he broke up with me, and I've got his heart now. I can make things better. So, so there's that kind of like a, uh, weird. Some of it's just just weird. So it's all good. Here. I'm not going to find her. Have you guys heard of the Demon Life Coach? No. no. Uh, I thought she goes by Miss Kitty, but that might not be right. I don't know so, this person. Um, She is a fantastic. This really belongs more in like, what are you obsessed with, Anne? But since you brought up that story, <laughs> she uh, loves to traumatize men who bother her. Ooh, I like that. So she will think, say things like... A man will come up to her and be like, ooh, can I take you out sometime? And she'll be like, what's your blood type? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Well, you know, type O um, kidneys really are better on the (laughs) (laughs) bottom. Some guy says, do you have a boyfriend? Not anymore. (laughs) 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 Um, And she is also cute as a button. So kind of. (laughs) <laughs> really, really delightful. I, I like that. Tag you guys in something that comes across my feed. Okay. Um. What are you reading next? I went back and forth about a couple different options, but I, I don't think either of you have read this. Um, my we're gonna read Wayward 
by Amelia Hart. Ooh, okay. I don't know anything about it. Um, so I've got the little blurb here. W E Y W A R D. It says W A R D. Yes. It says, I am a wayward and wild inside. 2019, under the cover of darkness, Kate flees London for a ramshackle wayward cottage inherited from a great aunt she barely remembers. With its tumbling ivy and overgrown garden, the cottage is worlds away from the abusive partner who tormented Kate, but she begins to suspect that her great aunt had a secret, one that lurks in the bones of the cottage, hidden ever since the witch hunts of the 17th century. Mm. 1619, uh, Alpha is awaiting the trial for the murder of a local farmer who was stampeded to death by his herd. As a girl, Alpha's mother taught her magic, a kind not rooted in spellcasting, but in deep knowledge of the natural world. But unusual women have always been deemed dangerous, and the evidence for witchcraft is set out against Alpha. She knows it will take all of her powers to maintain her freedom. And then it says, 1942, as World War II rages, Violet is trapped in her family's grand crumbling estate. Straightjacketed by societal convention, she longs for the robust education her brother receives, and for her... Mother, long deceased, who was rumored to have gone mad before her death. The only traces Violet has of her are a locket bearing the initial W and the word wayward scratched into the baseboard of her bedroom. Weaving together the stories of three extraordinary women against five centuries, Amelia Hart's Wayward is an enthralling novel of female resilience in the transformative power of the natural world. Um, It has been on my to-be-read list for a while now, and I was like, oh, I could pick that book. I haven't done that one yet, so... Looks that sounds fantastic. Yay. Well-chosen. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, in the meantime, if you guys have read The Sundial and have answers to our questions, please, please, please <laughs> tell us. We would really <laughs> love to hear. Please, please answer. Please, please. <laughs> if you know, we want out. you to tell yes. us, please. Um, or you, you say, no, I don't know, and we can commiserate together. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what was happening? And um, what is this for? we also want to hear, like, what you guys have been reading. If you have recommendations for us, we would love to hear it. So you can always comment on our Instagram or send us a message or whatever. Um, we would like to hear from you. And until next time, uh, I guess that's it. Happy reading, everybody. Happy reading. Strings Unraveled is a production of Strings and Things Studio with Anne Leckervin Cazzoli, Katie Von Rader Fraker, and Karen Wilmoth. Recorded and edited by Katie Von Rader Fraker. Find us online at stringsandthingsstudio.com or on Facebook or Instagram at Strings and Things Studio. You can email us at stringsandthingsinfo at gmail.com. 